your Bibles this morning to Lamentations, book of Lamentations, the saddest book in the Bible, Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 through 24. You guys got your Bibles today? Let me hear your electronic Bibles open up, the rustling of pages, if you will. Lamentations chapter 3, just to get some backstory while you're talking about this, Lamentations is a book, Jeremiah the weeping prophet has said, Israel, come on, you're, you're, you're missing it, you're blowing it, you know what I mean? And sure enough, Lamentations comes along, the judgment of God has come. And now everybody's in trouble. Like, it's just the blessing of God has departed. But, but the writer of Lamentations is going to help us to understand something about the redemptive nature of God. We've been talking about fresh starts. And this is what it says. Lamentations, chapter, pressing the button and nothing happening. Lamentations, there we are, chapter 3, verse 22. I'm going to do it in the message this morning because Eugene Peterson just passed away, and I think he was pretty cool. So God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. Can we just read that together as a congregation? You guys okay? Look at that. Can you see it? How many guys in the back that are over 50 can even see that there's a screen up there? Just Okay, good. Let's read it together. You ready? Say it with me. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. Last week, we laid the groundwork for the fresh start that, that I really believe... God, not, not just like, hey, it's that time of year. Like, I really believe the Holy Spirit's breathing fresh wind, there's fresh oil, there's fresh fire on a new season for us. Uh, and you as individuals, families, companies, communities, congregations, I, really, I just feel like God's saying there's something different about 2019 that we need to lean into. And we focused on last week just the new mercies, that, that fresh start, that clean slate. And we talked about last week a little bit, we just need to recap a bit, because of the wonders of live stream, you guys are here one every three weeks instead of every week like God intended. Anyway, just to move on from that, but perspective. Perspective is really important here because I think what happens, we talked about it last week in the second service, is like if something bad happened to him in the timeline of my life here, and then I walk forward another season, another year, another week, another moment, happens again, and I walk forward, man, I'm still disappointed in the person, the process, the injustice, the pain, this, and I move forward here. And now here we are today, and I say, what does the future hold for me? This is what you cannot do. You cannot look back at yesterday to decide what God wants to do tomorrow. We, we have to acknowledge that God is the creator. I'm sorry, I'm being eclipsed. Pastor Kim, you just have shoulders the size of a semi. I love you. Okay. Everybody's like, what happened to Pastor Jim? Oh, never mind. It's okay. So we cannot look back at what happened a year ago or 10 years ago or 50 years ago and say, based on what's happened, I know what's going to happen. How many of you know God has a right to write your future? And if there's anything about his story, his story, it's not just what happened yesterday, it's about what's going to happen. God has fresh starts. We talked about the year of Jubilee, all property reverts back to the owner. We talked about every seven years, all debts forgiven. We talked about every year, how certain things would be reinstituted. Every month was a new month. Every week had a day one, had a day seven, and there was no day eight. It went back to day one, a fresh week. We talked about a daily thing, like in Lamentations, where his mercies are new every morning, no matter what you did throughout the entire course of your life when you woke up this morning and for the first time in three weeks the sun shone in the east and you came to church that's on you that's not on me god bless all of you you know what i mean i, I got to tell you something every mercy you'd ever use was utterly refreshed in the account of god for you there's no yesterday in god's mercy there's no yesterday in god's love that takes away from 
who God is today. Somebody say amen. So we don't look back at what our expectations uh, of yesterday being our new expectations for tomorrow. They're, they're brand new. And I tell you what, sometimes we live our life this way. How many of you guys know you can't drive a car like that for long? Especially in Australia where they drive on the wrong side of the road. If you're looking in the rear of your mirror, sooner or later you're going to miss what's right in front of you or hit what's right in front of you. So many people are living, looking at yesterday, deciding from yesterday's pain what tomorrow's pain should be. And we live in fear of what happened yesterday happening again tomorrow. How many of you guys know fear and faith don't cohabitate? We either trust God for a glorious future or we trust our past to hurt us again in our future. But those are our two choices. Luke chapter 9, verse 62, Jesus says this, no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom. You, you can't drive a plow looking backwards. Was that row straight? Where's that real quick? you got to look forward. I mean, God wants us to look forward. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 3. You guys doing all right? Philippians 3.13. He goes, forgetting what's behind, I strain towards what's ahead. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He didn't take hold of you so you could relive the worst moments of your life. He took hold of you so that he could give you eternity today. Eternal life doesn't begin when you die. Death is not your savior. Jesus is your Savior, and eternal life begins with Jesus. We don't look left and right. We're not like the kid going, huh, I wonder what the answer to number three is. It's, it's really funny. I was down here filling out a prayer card about a month ago, and I'm filling it out, and the kid next to me goes, what's the answer to number three? I went, it's, wait a minute. It's just an old reflex. Like he's copying, it's number three, you know? Um, God's will for your 2019 is going to look different from everybody else's. And let me tell you, that's good. I have no problem with median incomes in a community and medium work hours to earn a medium hourly wage, a median salary, and you know, 2.3 kids and a 322 house. And I, I, I have no problem with statistics, but understand this when we know what the median is, be careful not to judge your life against the median. Well, they have three friends, and I only have two friends. I'm only two thirds as blessed as they are. They have three bedrooms, two baths, and a two-car garage. I have two bedrooms, one bath, and I park my car in the yard. God's not blessing me. Compare yourself to the guy that doesn't have concrete but has a dirt floor and you're wealthy. But let's not do that. Let's, just, let's not compare at all. Let's trust that God's going to bless certain people with certain things, certain opportunities, certain hourly wages, certain family experiences, certain things. But whatever it is that God has for you, I mean, all I want to be is in the center of his will. So don't, don't look at, you know, I wonder what she's got on her page. I wonder what she, if her tater tots, if she got eight tater tots, only got seven tater tots. Don't live your life and waste your life counting tater tots. Now, you can tweet that. That's utterly tweetable, right? So if we're not going to look back and we're not going to look around, where we're going to look, we got to look up. we got to look and say, Jesus, what in the world do you have for me in 2019? Not based on yesterday. You know, I really miss that. Stop it. You know, if someday I'm going to stop it, today, 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 God is doing something. You know, we can actually fail in the presence of God. You know, I, I don't see that. If you're in the presence of God, you're, you're holy, you're pure. No, no. How many of you know Peter fell as he was trying to walk on water? He fell in the presence of God. Jesus was right there. If he hadn't been, we'd be talking about poor Peter. Remember that guy that died in that Bible story? Jesus rescued him. He was right there, but he failed in the presence. Judas failed in the presence of God. You can fail in the presence of God. Our victories, I, I want you to know this, our victories come through faith and obedience. Say it with me. Our victories come through? Faith. Say it again. Our victories come through? Faith. So we hear God speaking, we trust and we obey. Trust and obey for there's no other way, right? Remember that old scripture, that old, that old hymn, that old scripture, right? So faith in what? 
right? Obedience to what? What power in us can do that, can obey, can believe, can move forward? And so let me introduce you to you. God made us from the dust of the earth with physical bodies. The emoji behind me best describes what I think of my physical body. He created us with an eternal soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, our memories. We start making decisions with, with that. I, I look at my body, you know, pizza or weightlifting. Pizza provides pleasure, the soul makes decisions, and then there's a lot more of you to love, right? And then there's a spirit. This is the, this is the eternal, the breath of God that he breathed into the clay of the earth, and man became a living soul. That, that breathing, that breath, the word spirit or pneuma can mean the Holy Spirit, spirit, wind, air, but it's just this unseen moving force. He put that unseen moving part of himself into each living soul. We get an eternal spirit. So our body, our soul, and our spirit. Now let's, let's talk about 2019 and living a life that is fundamentally different, improved, more on track, more in line with the will of God. Which part of you do you think is best suited to turn to for a new you in a new year. Anybody, how many, let's talk about the flesh for a second. How many guys think we should put the flesh in charge of our diet? How many guys realize that if you do that, there'll be so much more of you to love by 2020? You'll, you'll just be like, you know, hugging grandma. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Doesn't matter what you're today. Put, put the flesh in charge of loving your wife as Christ loved the church. Put the flesh in charge of believing in your husband as the church believes in Christ. Put your flesh in charge of your schedule. How many of you guys know that if you put your flesh in charge of anything, it tends to denigrate rapidly? Matter of fact, when I fall, I don't fall because of my spirit. I fall because of my flesh. We dare not go to our flesh and say, well, what do you want to do? How many of you guys ever wanted to go to dinner? And you say, well, where do you want to eat? This is you guys I'm talking about right here, by the way, the Carlton's. What do you want? I don't care. What do you want? I don't care. What do you want? And about eight hours later, like, you both die of starvation because you haven't made a decision. The flesh does not suffer from analysis paralysis. It knows what it wants. And it just, if unchecked, it'll just go for it. It'll just do it. This is why junior high schoolers need adult supervision. And I won't say anything else. We'll just leave it there. What about our soul? Well, our soul loves pizza. Our soul loves to fall in love. Our soul loves the Hallmark Channel. Our soul loves whatever it decides to love. It's also afraid of the things that have hurt it in the past. It also has a hard time mustering hope if in its lineage it was hurt, 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 hurt. How many of you guys know if I take this little thing here and I just rub my hand with it? You know, at first it just kind of feels good. It's massaging, but maybe 10 minutes later it's starting to get irritated. About an hour later I've got a blister. And after a blister comes a callus. Our soul's... To, to defend itself against consistent or persistent pain will develop calluses. You guys know what I'm talking about? The Bible calls it being hard-hearted or stiff-necked or, or other things that, that kind of describe physically what's happening emotionally. If I've been disappointed because my dad said he'd come to pick me up this weekend, you know, he has visitation, he doesn't show, doesn't show, doesn't show, eventually my heart says, well, he says he's coming, but I don't believe him. What am I doing? I'm, I'm preempting pain with a calluses on my soul. You know, the, the big commission check's coming through any day, honey. Uh, we're going to be provided for, we have a great Christmas. But after the commission check, not coming through, not coming through, the wife says, you know what, my husband's never going to be able to provide for me the way that he says he is. I don't really believe what he's saying anymore. What's she doing? Is she, is she cursing her finances with a negative confession? No. She's protecting her soul because she's been disappointed so many times. She no longer wants to be disappointed. Are you getting this? So do we turn to our souls and say, listen, you see the future. 
based on the, the wounds and the blessings, and, and you decide what the future is, I think we'd make a terrible mistake to turn to our soul and say, what's happened? Well, let's just multiply that by 0.2%. So what's left? And, and you've got to hear me. There's a part of you that connects directly to God who has no sense of past in the negative way, who has no sense of impossible in the future, who has no limitations because he's God, and the Greek word, duh, comes to mind, doesn't it? Like, duh. If I'm going to change my marriage, if I'm going to change my health, if I'm going to change my finances, if I'm going to change my dreams, my destinies, if I'm going to erase through the blood of Jesus my yesterdays, I'm coming out of something, what should I be going into? The only part of us we can turn to is the spirit of man connecting with the Holy Spirit of God. And this is why, hear me, this is why so many of our resolutions don't make it past the first week in January. Because we make this decision with our flesh, we make this decision with our soul, we make this decision with our will, we make this decision with our, 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 our. How many of you guys realize that when you deal with nothing but the strength you have, there are things in this world greater than you have? But there's nothing in this world greater than Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit living inside of me is the hope of glory, and it's the hope of today. It's the hope of the world. This is where our strength comes from. So who's the Holy Spirit? Uh, this is the word paraclete. Um, the way to remember that word is the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus as a dove. So you're already thinking bird anyway, right? Paraclete, not parakeet, but the paraclete, this is a, a Greek word that talks about a specific type of person and a role that they play in other people's lives. So when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, he, he uses the word pneuma again, the spirit, but he also, he, he describes not just the Holy Spirit, this wind that comes, this, this breath, this air, the spirit, he wants to give him a distinct role in our lives. So paraclete, kind of in, in, a, in a nice a King Jim version says, one who comes beside you in a race to encourage. He's an advocate, a counselor, a comforter, and an advisor. Now, the coming beside you in the race means something to me because uh, formerly being a distance runner, now being a distance eater, um, I, I remember the times when encouragement was so powerful. Uh, we were running a 20-mile run on Thanksgiving Day. It was 10 degrees. She had sweatsicles literally balls of milky-looking frozen sweat in her ponytail. My, t my wife is a tough broad. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Classy dame, tough broad, just saying, you know. And the sun's just coming up. We've got our headlamps on. We've been tripping around in the dark for the last two hours or whatever it is, and we're tired. I don't mean tired like, oh, I need a nap, like tired like I need a week. And our bodies are breaking down. We're about 18 miles into it. We've got two miles back to the house. And I just said, ooh, I don't know if I need to walk or die or, you know. She said, well, let's do this. It's Thanksgiving Day. Let's just say what we're grateful for. And I kid you not, if I'm, if I'm lying, I'm dying, right? For the next mile or so, well, I'm grateful for this person. I'm grateful for that moment in my life. And it was my turn. Then it was her turn. It was my turn, her turn. And, and before long, we just, we just, for the next hour, gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Maybe it was an hour because it was only two miles away. It might have been three hours. It's hard to crawl at that pace, you know. And just, and I'm not kidding you. As we came aside, to the side of each other with encouragement, it isn't that it didn't hurt anymore, it's that the pain didn't matter anymore. Because a part of us was more encouraged by what we were grateful for than discouraged by the pain we were feeling in the moment. The Holy Spirit comes beside us in, in difficult moments and in great moments as an advocate, as a defender, as a counselor with wisdom, as one who comes beside us in the race and goes, you can do this. I was running the, the crim, and I was about probably seven or eight miles into the 10-mile race, and came across a guy, I think he was 81 or 91, but let's face it, once you're over 51 and you're running, it doesn't matter if you're 81 or 91. It was like his 30th consecutive year, he had the commemorative t-shirt on, 
And, and the part you may find fascinating is that I didn't pass him until mile seven or eight. He was in front of me the entire race. But, you know, there's people that are hurting and they're, ah, ah, but he was like, I, I actually ran past him and thought, oh, I better back up. So I pretended to tie my shoe or something, and I got up next to him and said, how you doing? Oh, I'm really hurting. I said, all right, okay, just runner to runner, are you okay? He goes, oh, yeah, this is just the way you look when you get to a certain age when you're running. I said, well, you're my hero, man. I, I just want to talk to him, just make sure he's not just being tough. I said, can you give me some advice? I'm like 45 years old at the time. What, what advice can you give me when it comes to distance running into, into your age? And he said, oh, kid, just keep running. Just keep running. And I said, oh, thanks, man. I, and it didn't mean much to me. It's like, I just want to make sure he's okay. That was the purpose for the interaction. But as I ran away from I got from maybe here to the soundboard, and I heard him yell from behind me, just keep running. And I'm not kidding you. A thousand times. Since that, I've heard that voice come back to me. Just keep running. I'm running again in the spring, by the way. I'm, I'm not going to be a fat old man. I'm going to be a, a crippled old man, but I'm not going to be a fat old man. You know what I mean? I'm going to just keep running. And when I get back on that treadmill, when I get back on those streets, the voice I will hear will be the one who came beside me and encouraged me. Does that make sense to you? Let me show you. The Holy Spirit can speak to you a word that lasts the rest of your life. It replays, it repeats, it's, it becomes a mantra, it becomes a chant, it becomes a war cry, it becomes a meditation. When the Holy Spirit speaks and we hear that voice, that voice doesn't speak once, that voice continues to speak on and on and on. So the Holy Spirit does lots of great stuff, guys. And for us to say, well, I'm going to face this with my list that my mind, my soul made, I'm going to face this stronger this year because I had more pain from last year. So from my flesh, afraid of pain, I'm going to, it just, it never works. But when God says, stop eating Twinkies, there's a grace that comes with the command. God will never, hear me, God will never command you to do something he doesn't also empower you to do. God doesn't set us up to disobey. God sets us up for perfect obedience. He never gives commands without also giving the grace to obey the command. God never says, jump over that mountain. If you don't, I'm sending you to hell. He says, get on the other side of the mountain. I'll give you strength to climb it and go down the other side safely. I'll invent Sherpas, you know what I mean, to carry you if need be. But I will not command you to do something that by my spirit you can't do. Now, let me say something else. It isn't that God doesn't command us to do things we can't do. He does all the time. But he never commands us to do things that he doesn't empower us to be able to obey outside of our own strength. This is where that connection, the Holy Spirit and our spirit, exercise, budget, work, love your wife, love your neighbor, go to the mission field, pray an hour a day, read your Bible, whatever it is, God never gives us commandments without an accompanying grace to obey. So if we know what God wants us to do in the future, he's going to also empower us to do those things. When God says feed, half, feed a million kids in Haiti, that's a daunting task because it costs a half a million dollars. And I can't write a check with that without being in federal prison. And neither can most of you. So I go, okay, I'll, I'll obey that. And I, I just did what all great men of God have done through the years. I turned to my wife and said, so how are we going to do that? You know what I mean? And God gave her wisdom. God gives the accompanying grace with it, right? So the Holy Spirit's going to do things like this. He's going to put a sword in your hand. Look at this. You got something to fight? Take the sword of who? Not the sword of what? The sword of who? The Holy Spirit puts the Word of God, not just a word or the quotation or the Bible quiz slap the buzzer, which is awesome, by the way, but insufficient when it comes to spiritual warfare. If you're fighting something, the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and empowers you, not just to be defensive, but to be offensive. When Pastor Jordan Hodges was here in the summertime, he talked about Christians are good at taking a beating, but I think we're supposed to be giving more beatings than we're taking. 
So we defend ourselves with the shield of faith, shield of faith, shield of faith, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, shield of faith. He goes, we got a sword. We should be winning some of these battles. We should be intimidating some enemies from even attempting because we know the word of God. We know the truth. The truth has set us free and the truth is keeping us free. He brings the Bible to life. You ever read the same verse for the hundredth time, but it's brand new? Something, something's different. Something's breathed on it. Something's alive. Something's fresh. What is that something? That something is a spirit takes the logos, a written word, and makes it a rhema prophetic word to your life today. Man, don't ever read the Bible without the Holy Spirit. Don't ever do the one-year devotional, I want to read every verse in the Bible in one year, without saying, I need a teacher named the Holy Spirit to lead me through truth. And if he lights up one verse, forget about the other 16 chapters you got to read that day. Stop where God stops you. Learn what God is teaching you. Be empowered by what God is showing you, right? He fills in our blanks. He relays the Father's will for you. He commands and then empowers you. He leads you. The Holy Spirit leads you. Where does he lead you? Well, he leads you into freedom. Anybody know this verse, 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the Spirit of the Lord is? There's freedom. And, and by the way, this word came to a church that was struggling with two things, tradition and sin. And Paul was saying to this church, let me tell you something about your tradition and your sin. Where the Spirit is, tradition is replaced by revelation. Where the Spirit is, bondage to repetitive failures is replaced by a unique victory as God gives you grace to overcome the enemy. Are you here? Where the Spirit of the Lord is. And what he's saying is this. It isn't that you're not nice people. It isn't that the Bible doesn't work. It isn't that God doesn't love you. It's that the Spirit of the Lord is absent because you filled in where he's supposed to be with your traditions. And you filled in the abstinences and, and the commandments to do with things you shouldn't do. He's grieved by your actions. So repent. He's no longer grieved. He's empowering. You hear what I'm saying? I'd repent, but it seems like God never forgives. Again, Greek word, <laughs> os, pronounced probably os, or os, depending on your, your classic Greek nature. Come on, man. You know if you repent because the Holy Spirit convicts you, you can be done with that thing today. But you got to come out of and into. So what was leading you, you know, to, to bondage? Come out of it. But don't just come out of it. I'm not going to think about penguins. I'm not going to think about penguins. I'm not going to think about penguins. Well, as I'm not thinking about penguins, I'm thinking about penguins. Does this make sense? But if I say to you, listen, let's not even talk about penguins. Let's talk about giraffes, how long their neck is, how graceful they are, how they beat each other up by whipping each other with their heads. How cool is that? I mean, WWF can't even do that, right? Well, guess what we just did for the last 10 seconds? We didn't think once about penguins. Why? Because we were walking into. We didn't have to struggle against penguins on the march coming after us into my thought life. Into I bind penguins. No. Just think about giraffes. There's no room for penguins. Think about Jesus. There's no room for the flesh. Man, the Holy Spirit does some great work, doesn't he? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, come on, there he is. Right in the center. Freedom center, right? I'll tell you something else the Holy Spirit will do. He'll give you power to do what you can't do. There's a king in Israel, and he's rebuilding this temple, and it's impossible. It, it literally it costs more money than they have. It takes more skill than the labor force they have. The enemies don't want this center of, you know, a, a kingdom to be built. I mean, it, it's absolutely impossible. And so the sign the prophet says to the king says this, it'll be done. And it won't be done by power. And it won't be done by your might. Not by your power, not by your might, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. Let me tell you something. There's some things that God may put on your heart. As soon as you see them, you go, well, that's not for me. That's impossible. Yep, in your power, it's impossible. Come on. 
and your might, forget it, you're toast. But is the Holy Spirit capable of doing miracles through you? Is the Holy Spirit capable of dreaming dreams through you and expressing something that would glorify God through you? I don't care how dismal your past was. I mean, I care. I'm just saying don't let yesterday enforce its will on tomorrow or trust me, tomorrow will look like yesterday. But if there's this delineation that is new mercy activated from this day forward, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Nothing's impossible. There is no failure. God's on my side. If God before me, I pity the fool, the book of Mr. T, who would be against me, right? This was spoken over a king about an impossible task, and the, and the Lord just said through the prophet, listen, it's not by your power, it's not by your might, but my spirit can do things through you that you can't do. God said, this won't happen because of how great you are. Let me tell you something. If 2019 is a year of destiny for you, it will not be because you got smarter in 2019. It won't be because you, you lifted weights the end of 2018, so you headed into it with bigger biceps in 2019. There are certain things only God can do, and the weaker we become, the stronger he is through us. The Holy Spirit will give you power to be. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you receive power when what? The, now again, the Spirit can make it sound like it's a thing. It's not. When He, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, when God the Holy Spirit is connected with our spirit, there's this power to be. Now in this case, it's to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. That's absolutely true. I, I take nothing away from it, but I'll tell you something else. That's not the only thing the Holy Spirit can empower you to be. He doesn't just empower you to be a witness. He empowers you to be a husband. He empowers you to be a wife. He empowers you to be a parent. He empowers you to be a friend. He empowers you to be a representer, not a representative of his morality, a representer of his glory on this earth. You got to set your sights higher than, see, I hope that doesn't happen. And when you have that, that Holy Spirit empowering you to be whatever God calls you to be, then what is the limit? Multiply it by 10. Multiply it by 10 again. Then multiply it by Jesus. And you'll understand there is no limit to what God can do through a yielded vessel that just simply trusts and obeys. Faith and obedience. So as the vision to 2019 comes to pass, you know, we've got the emojis again. Do we want to live according to our past failures? Pastor Kyle, come join me if you would, please. Are we going to live according to our comparisons, uh, according to the feelings of our souls? Well, I don't know. I really got hurt in third grade, and dogs are evil, and I got bit by a dachshund. All dachshunds are possessed by German demons and sauerkraut. I don't, I don't know. I... Come on, there's a new day. I got hurt in relationships. I know. There's a new day. I've been disappointed because there wasn't a relationship. I know, but there's a new day. I tried once, and, and it seemed like God's blessing wasn't on it. Well, if God inspires you to try it again, try it again, no matter what happened yesterday. I've always failed in that place. That's, 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 that's my Achilles heel. There's no Achilles heel in the body of Jesus Christ. Don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? You don't, don't believe that this is as real or as true as what God has for you in your future. How many guys are grateful for some things in your past, Right? But maybe all of that was to qualify us to stand in faith here and look towards a destiny that's very different from our history. Maybe that murdering the Egyptians and running away to, to become something you're not like Moses did was actually qualifying him to lead people through a desert. It wasn't even wasted. It was a part of the schooling process so that when a new start began, he could take off and be a deliverer and a prophet and a lawgiver. I'm telling you, I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I bet you God redeems it and uses it. Well, he couldn't because I've hurt people. Yeah, you're right. Nobody ever hurt anybody in the Bible. You know what David's wedding gift was to his wife? It was like the foreskins of a thousand dead Philistines. Now, that's a weird wedding dress or whatever they made out of that. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, huh, I just asked for like two goats and a mattress. But I mean, it was, you know, that was the dowry. All right, too graphic. Right? So is it our flesh? Is it our soul? Or is it living by faith in God's promises to you as the Holy Spirit leads and empowers you to live a brand new life? Don't worry about the plans for 2019 yet. I don't even think we're ready to write things down. I, I think the best thing, I, I talked to your pastor, I taught you as a teacher, let me talk to you as a friend. The best thing I think you can do now is not get out your sheets of paper and write down how many pounds, how many hours, how many dollars, how many steps. The best thing you do right now is to ask yourself one question. What is God able to do through me right now? And what could God be able to do through me maybe a week from now if I meditated on some of this? If when I found myself turning back to the past, I, I heard the voice of God say, turn away. Pillars of salt, failures, don't. Let me show you what your destiny is. I'm not saying we never look in the rearview mirror. We should glance in the rearview mirror every once in a while, but just to see how far he's brought us. Not to go back to an identity that's filled with pain and failure and loss and lack. I mean, no, God, God's not filled with any of those things. There, there really is. I, and please, Jim Wiegand, not Pastor Jim. Jim Wiegand talking to friends. There's so much more. Come on. Fan into flame the sparks that are in you. You're not done. You're not finished. You're not beaten. You're not defeated. It might not even be halftime yet. Oh, that's encouraging. You got three quarters left to play. I, somebody's not even halftime yet. Yeah, but I was hurt so deeply. That I get it. But let me tell you what God can do. God can take a hellish childhood and turn it into a ministry to women who've had hellish childhoods. God can take an addict and turn him into somebody that understands that addiction isn't, well, just quit doing that. Any more than just quit breathing. I always say, people say, why don't they just quit drinking? It's like, hold your breath for two minutes and let's talk. Because you're addicted to air. You know that panicky feeling that comes when you can't breathe. That's the way I woke up every morning of my life. So shut your pie hole and point me to Jesus, not your wisdom. Maybe that was too strong. <laughs> Silence thyself before the presence of... Now, nah, shut your pie hole. It was better. It was better. Today's just about making decisions to move forward, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Literally, that's what today's all about. New Year's resolutions always fail. But Spirit-empowered things. If He's the wind in your sails, you're moving. You still got to steer, but you're moving. So the real question is this. Who, who needs more of God? I, I thank God for a build, uh, accountability partner. I thank God for coaches. I thank God for teachers. Some. <laughs> I thank God for all of them. I thank God for parents that guided me. I think, But nothing compares to the hand of God leading a life. Nothing. My parents told me not to do things I couldn't quit. My parents told me to do things I just lacked the strength to start. Coaches, drill sergeants, same thing. But God has never commanded me to do something that didn't empower me to also do. You got that? Does that make sense? Stand your feet. Nobody leave. Ushers, don't you dare open the door or they'll start squirting out. Right here. Right now. So how do I get more of God? You're going to be shocked by the complexity of my answer. Everyone who asks, help me out. Everyone who seeks, to him who knocks the door, if you who are evil 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who... Complex, isn't it? Is it? Could it possibly be that simple? To come to a holy God and ask for His Holy Spirit to fill your unholy life and make it holy? If that ain't the formula, I'm in big trouble because that is my only plea in the court of God. My plea is not my works. My plea is what Jesus did for me. And once understanding that I am not the totality of my actions, but I am the totality of what he's done for me, I walk forward as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I walk forward as the son, as the heir of God. I walk forward as someone who is filled with a spirit that nothing will defeat. Greater is he who's in me than... Close your eyes. Father, I pray right now in the closing moments of this service for a fresh wind to blow on your church. And maybe this isn't for everybody, but it's for everybody. Anybody can do this, but not everybody will. So many are called, few are chosen. I just, for those who have a willing heart right now, God, I pray, let your wind blow in this room. Let your spirit move in this room. Put visions and dreams back into a heart that forgot how to dream because of our past. They never had the courage to dream in the first place. Just wanted to be safe another day. I pray that orphans would become sons and daughters, would become kings and queens, God. Priesthood of kings, your word says. Kings and priests unto our God. Authority and divinity, just moving in the power of the Spirit. Not my divinity, but moving in your divinity. Father, I pray let a fresh vision of tomorrow a fresh wind, a fresh oil, the anointing, fresh fire burning inside of us and through us. If 2019 is what I believe it's going to be, then nothing is impossible and we should stop being conservative in our dreams. I, I don't dare in presumption or pride to start setting these numerical whatevers, but I do believe this. You will never lead us someplace you want to empower us to arrive at. So as I would just blow into somebody's face, God, if I would just blow onto their hands, if I would just blow onto their hearts, onto their eyes, onto their, into their ears, God, Holy Spirit, blow, wind, blow in this place, and let us, let us find that fresh wind refreshing, let us find fresh oil refreshing, let us find fresh vision, not a burden, something to be afraid of, something to be excited about, you will never call us to do what you can't do through us. Yes, yeah, the best way I've said it all day. You will never call us to do what you can't accomplish through us. So there's no such thing as impossible when we begin to dream. No such thing as uh, the past dictating our future. I thank you that 29 is a brand new beginning, but we don't have to wait till January 1st. So for those of us that need that fresh start right now, we thank you that Jesus died once for all. He who owed no man, nobody, even you, a thing, gave his life because every man owed something to somebody, including you. And when Jesus died for us, that blood shed, paid for the sins committed by all mankind. Now we just simply have to believe. Jesus, you, you died in my place. You rose from the dead. You defeated death, hell, and the grave. You're seated at the right hand of the Father. And you've called out the names of every man, woman, and child in this room before the Father today. Jim Wiegand's name was mentioned in the courts of heaven because you spoke it. Kim Sivier, Judy Sivier's name, spoken in the presence of Almighty God today. God, give him a fresh start. Father, give him a new beginning. Let him dream dreams again. Let him see visions again. Let him have an anointings again. Let him trust that you're better in the future than they ever knew you to be in the past. 
Let him trust you that, that you can redeem even loss, even lack for such a time as this to come out of and to walk into. So Holy Spirit, I pray, lead us to that wonderful, beautiful place of salvation. Altar workers, would you come up front right now? Everybody's eyes are closed, heads are bowed. Altar workers, you come to the front. Today, if you'd like to be filled with a greater sense of the Holy Spirit, like more of God in you, if you've given your life to Christ, you want someone to pray with you this morning, you're welcome to do two things. One is to say right where you are, Pastor Kyle's going to continue to play. We're not going to play the CD. We're going to play live music for about five minutes or so. And you just, Pastor Kyle, just, just kind of feel it out. When they're done, be done. But when they're not done, keep going. We're going to create an atmosphere in here where people seeking more of God. If you want to stay, you want to be prayed over by these great men and women of God. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit is given. There's a, what's called transference by the laying out of hands. You know, I, I, this is not just for, um, you know, just, just for like special people. Anybody, anybody, stay where you are. Come up here. Just be obedient to what the Holy Spirit's leading you to do. But if you need more of God, trust me, there's more of God. Come on, say amen. Uh, he's exhausted with me. Nope, new mercies. Well, I, I've rendered him impotent because I've taken so much. Omniscient, omnipotent God, you haven't even begun to scratch the surface of his glory. There's more. Father, I pray your blessings on your people. As we seek you this week, as we meditate on this, there is room, there is time. God, I pray that we come back next week ready to begin to establish these goals not based on our yesterdays, but on a fresh start and an anointed future. Let us begin to write down what the Spirit says to us, not what our comparison says to us, not what our hurts from our past says to us, not what our flesh says to us, but what our God decrees, He will see come to pass. We thank you, God. Have your way now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Stay and seek, come for prayer, or silently leave. Those are your three choices. Have we met yet? I'll see you back in the back room. God bless you.